like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we welcome back last week's guest, Joanne Rand, whose style has, at least once, been termed psychedelic folk revival. Deeply connected with nature and creation, mixing folk, country, rock, and much more, Joanne is a deep soul amidst the high mountains of Northern California. If you haven't heard last week's interview with her, check it out at northernspiritradio.org, where I'm sure we'll also have the overflow from this week. Look for bonus excerpts connected with this program, including one more song, at northernspiritradio.org. But right now, get ready for beauty and balladry to make your heart richer as Joanne Rand joins us by phone from Marqueda, California. Joanne, it's good to have you here again for the second week in a row for Song of the Soul. It's really an honor to be invited back, Mark. We're going to have to do this kind of quick. I understand you've got a destination ahead of you on the road. I'm heading down today to rehearse with my band in the Bay Area and then fly back to Atlanta, Georgia to attend my father's 90th birthday family reunion. Big family, and they're all in the South. My brother left, and then I followed him way back when we were teenagers. But everybody else pretty much stayed there. And how is he doing at 90? He's great. Oh, my gosh. He's still bicycles nine miles once a week and plays golf. And he's in a bike group with people that are they're all 20 years younger than him at least. And I can't keep up with him on the bike. <laughs> he's amazing. Well, we had you here last week for Song of the Soul. And we shared a lot of your earlier music. The latest music you're going to share, I think, is all from your Stories from the Inside Out, Nashville Sessions. How long did you spend in Nashville? Well, the autumn before last, I attended a booking conference in Eugene, Oregon, and I met a man there, heard him play, whose music just haunted me. And we traded CDs, and on my drive back home, by the time I got the third song into his CD... I had decided I had to fly back to Nashville and apprentice with him, which is not something I do. I've never had that notion before. Only once before, when I was in my early 20s, I did apprentice with a guitarist, a flamenco guitarist, for about a week. But other than that, I've always been self-trained. So anyway, I did. We, we started a correspondence, and over the past two years, I have flown back to Nashville three times, stayed with him, and studied with him. 
And in between those times, I've been writing the songs in my studio and sending him rough drafts over the email, and he comments on them. Or sometimes we'll sing on the phone for each other. Just, you know, it's a, it's a collaboration of creativity. And I've taken his advice in many ways, recorded the rough tracks for this album, The Basics, which is just guitar and vocal. I recorded them in Nashville under his supervision. His name is Steve Young. He wrote a song called Seven Bridges Road and Lonesome, Ornery, and Mean. He's been well-known as a songwriter, and his talent far exceeds his fame. He's amazing. So I've been grateful to find a teacher at this point in my life. And that's kind of amazing to get a teacher this far along. I think you've got 12 CDs before this one. So is it a bit humbling to find your teacher when you're already well along on the road? No. You know, we had this funny comment last time about ego rearing its head and then getting smashed down over and over again through your life. And that's definitely, as an artist, that happens. I mean, I'm constantly reminded of how little I know. <laughs> so I think really what he taught me more than anything, other than, you know, he taught me to learn the guitar and versions up and down the guitar neck and some methods of playing but he taught me more than that. He taught me to be open and relaxed in my voice. He has these long, arcing vowels that stretch over this rhythmic underpinning of his guitar playing. And that's really what gets me. It's just the open sound of his voice and his songwriting. I think that's been a good influence on me. Well, show us your good influence. Start off your song of the soul. This song is called Torch of Freedom. I mentioned last week I started out life as a painter primarily, so I think in images, and this song describes four images which occurred to me as I was driving through a midnight rainstorm in the ancient redwood forest on a lonely two-lane highway. And I'll just let the song speak for itself. It's called Torch of Freedom by Joanne Rand. There's a woman in the ice on the road at night All dressed in black and her feet are bare And her big brown eyes reflect the candle She is holding so high Her torch of freedom and spite There's a woman in red in the desert sand In a country far from the one I know And she waves a flag as white as snow Fighting back her fear as a fluttering banner grows Touch of freedom, flag of truce When we gonna seek the truth There's a man outside looking in the door Doesn't understand what the fighting's for But he doesn't see a whole lot more Rich or poor, creating endless war. There's a child in blue underneath the sea. He doesn't seem like you, doesn't seem like me. But he sings away courageously and lets his spirit soar. Cause that's what life is for. Flowing in and flowing out 
sight ever hopeful One sight filled with pain and doubt Sometimes overflowing Sometimes there is no rain at all Listen up ahead, friend Images of War and Peace and Responding to It by Joanne Rand. The song is called Torch of Freedom. It's a quite moving song, Joanne. How do you generally feel about war and peace? I mean, if you live in Northern California, I I think that means you have to be peace-oriented, doesn't it? Or do they allow other people there, too? (laughs) Well, you know, they say peace begins at home, and it's not always peaceful in my home, so I try not to be too self-righteous about it. But I certainly don't believe that war is the answer. I have a song that I was going to feature on the show, but decided not to. It's an older song. It's called Newspaper Song. Out of the headlines from a single newspaper, I wrote this song. And I rewrote it in 2005. So that's 20 years later, 22 years later. And I had to change just a couple of words, <laughs> and it was all still current because it's still going on. It's like this endless squabble. Nothing is going to be solved in that way. I think I mentioned last week that, to me, the only way to change the world is to find the common ground between human beings. And as a songwriter, that's my goal, is to find what exists in you that exists also in myself, and we can start from there. I'm going to say something. I hope you'll forgive me for it. I just have to admit my own prejudices, and I know that they're prejudices as opposed to reality. You come from the South, and people in the South are all supposed to shoot people riding on motorcycles, like in Easy Rider or something. That's the danger in movies. <laughs> yeah. <It's> not true. <laughs> yeah, and what kind of culture did you grow up in? Was peace-oriented part of it? Well, to be honest, I grew up in the upper-middle-class suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. I went to a strict Christian academy where the politicians' kids all went. It was the nadir of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Just being part of that culture, and that's why I left, because it was a very surface-level, socially conscious, hypocritical. I wanted something more honest. It wasn't the hillbillies shooting each other, you know, on motors. That's not really going on back there. I think that there's a lot of goodwill in the South. And, in fact, if we're going to start generalizing... I mean, I have lived many places, and in the South, people people are open. They will take you in. In California, I find people to be more transient. A lot of people have come here from elsewhere, and they're just moving through. 
they might embrace you for a day and then move on or forget you. You know what I'm saying? Every region has its character. And I think the South has, I guess you could say, yes, a fierce loyalty. And maybe that's what I'm exhibiting right now. You said that the first image in Torch of Freedom was a real one. A woman on the ice in the road at night, feet are bare, brown eyes reflecting a candle. What was that image? It was actually a thick lighter. <laughs> My bass player was driving through that same stretch of road where I wrote the song a couple of years ago. And he was driving through there 20 years ago. Rounded a bend, it's an ancient redwood forest, gigantic trees burgeoning their way into the road, you know, and there's no street lights. The rain is pummeling, and there's dry ice. It's midnight, and he rounds a bend, and there's a woman standing in the middle of the road, dressed in black, no shoes on her feet. She's holding her arm aloft, and in her hand, she's flicking a Bic lighter. <laughs> and that's, he picked her up. And he came home and told me the story, and I wrote a song way back then about it. When I was driving that same stretch of road a couple of years ago, it just reared its head for me, and I, I cannibalized the old song and re wrote the new one. And that talks about war and peace for you. Uh, is that because we won't have peace until we have justice? I mean, maybe that's part of it for me. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a line in there about man outside looking in the door, doesn't understand what the fighting's for, but he doesn't see a whole lot more than rich or poor creating endless war. I mean, that's really what's happening. The gap is widening between the very wealthy and very poor in this country and in every country, really. And that's what it's all about. It's the haves and the have-nots. The thing is, and having lived in Africa myself, I mentioned to you I was a Peace Corps volunteer in West Africa, I lived amongst the have-nots, those comparative to everyone in this country, even the poor people. I think even the street people in this country are richer than many of the people I knew that were in my village. And it's hard to think of ourselves as the rich people, especially when there's so many people so much richer than us. Has music made you rich? Oh, I feel so rich. I'm the only member of my family living today who doesn't really earn a great living <laughs> financially. And yet it's because I made a choice in my early 20s to pursue this path because I find it to be the richer path for me, the path of, of following my muse and not having the security of financial stability. I feel that well, when my brother was dying of AIDS, I spent a lot of time in the AIDS hospice in Seattle, and I've seen a lot of people's process at the end of their lives and what they go through, and they do a lot of house cleaning inside their hearts and souls, and, you know, the questions you're going to ask yourself, you're not going to think about your achievements so much as you're going to think about the love you've shared and the moments you've experienced that made you feel alive. Really, that's the greatest riches it's that feeling of life, feeling alive. And I feel so alive when I'm writing a song or, or performing it. Well, share another one with us, Joanne. What's next? This song is called Underneath the Maple. I spoke last week about a piece of land on a wild river where I spent six years of my life, the formative years, I would say, in my early 20s. I started performing and touring and making albums while I was living on that land, and it fed me. And I still return to that land, that river. It's the Smith River in Northern California. It's the last major undammed river in California. And it's 
the Siskiyou Wilderness, incredible, incredible place. I feel fortunate to know that place, and that's what this song is about. It was written underneath a maple tree there by that river in a rainstorm in a tent. And my husband and my daughter were on either side of me, and they were in their sleeping bags reading. And I sat in between them playing the guitar and writing this song. Underneath the maple. In the rain, playing my guitar. Underneath the maple Raindrops sound louder than they are Underneath the maple Family either side of me Hear the raindrops fall in our tent cocoon and flannel jammy Underneath a tall tree It's gonna be a sweet night, just you wait and see Underneath our maple tree Underneath our maple tree Who will go Venture to the car Sandwiches are waiting Raindrops sound Louder than they are Will they be abating Draw straws, Rochambeau Tell me who will go Peanut butter No matter what the weather And it's gonna be a sweet night It's just you wait and see Underneath our Underneath our maple tree Sleeping with my family 
you wait and see Underneath our maple tree We're 20 miles from nowhere Where we want to be In each other's arms Beneath our maple tree Holding on beneath our maple tree Some mellow music, sounds like home to me, by Joanne Rand. Her website is joannerandmusic.com. You can find the link directly from nordenspiritradio.org if you can't spell Joanne Rand music. Although it's pretty easy. It's a, it's a more straightforward spelling than most people. My grandfather couldn't spell my name right. <laughs> J-O-A-N-N-E-R-A-N-D music.com. This is her second sharing on Song of the Soul. She was with us last week, sharing a number of her earlier recordings. These are from Stories from the Inside Out, the Nashville Sessions. Have you aspired to any kind of music specifically? I saw the phrase, psychedelic folk revival, and I love it. I love it. That was uh, actually, I was at a party with my producer, my longtime patron saint, Stephen Hart, who has mixed my last 10 albums, somebody asked him what my music sounded like, and that's what he said, psychedelic folk revival. It was just an off-the-cuff remark. And at the time, I had a band that I played with mostly, and now I'm solo, so I'm not sure if it still applies. I have a band, but they live six hours away now, and I, I play solo quite a bit. So I don't. you tell me, does this... This album is more of a solo album. Does it sound psychedelic to you? <laughs> well, that one sounded really mellow. It sounded not just like home, but in some ways, I would say it sounds like church or the best side of church. I mean, there's a lot of church, which can be, I think, from my experience, and of course, it's different for every person. But for me, there's one image of church, which is mumbo jumbo, doing things by rote or, you know, following directions. But there's another side of church. And actually, I connect this with my early Catholic experience in the Latin Mass, where there's a kind of an inner stillness to go into and a awareness of the world and kind of feeling a oneness with it. And so that's that song gives me some of that. That's great. I love hearing that because music is my church, I would say. It's my temple in which I feel that stillness. Also, that song, the tent became a temple because the raindrops to me represented death. They re represented, you know, the, that I would have to return to the universe <laughs> after this life was over and I'd have to say goodbye to my husband and my child at some point in the future. But right now, we're all three in this tent for this short time, and it's my, it's our temple that we share. You know, you put out, it looks to me like you put out a, a recording a year, a CD per year. That's a lot of productivity. And you tour quite a bit, I think, also. So how does that go into staying connected with your family, raising, I think it's a daughter you have. How do those jive? Well, I have a very understanding family. I actually don't go away all that much, 10 days at a time, a few times a year. As she gets older, I'm able to leave more. And my husband is a writer and an activist, so he works at home. And they understand, you know. And I'm here when I'm here. I'm completely here. <laughs> I also teach music out of my home, so my students have to be understanding, too, that I take off. 
but they know that if I'm happy, it makes things better. <laughs> and if mom's not happy, that means... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same with them, with any of us. So Sure. Try and keep sure. everybody happy. Well, you're keeping us happy by sharing your music, and we've got a lot to go through, I'm pretty sure. What's next? This song, you know, I talked about my being brought up in the southern, upper-middle-class culture, but there was also, we spent a lot of time in North Georgia in the Appalachian Mountains, had a cabin up there, and I feel a lot of that influence in me, and I, I, I identify with the tenacity of the Appalachian people. This song is an Appalachian traditional that speaks to that tenacity. I came upon it in a book of Alan Lomax's, where he codified authentic traditionals. He was the original song catcher, you'd say. He gathered these traditionals from all over the country and codified them in a book. It's called Rattlesnake, and it also speaks to the Occupy movement. I've worked this song up right around that time. Rattlesnake, oh rattlesnake, what makes your teeth so white? I've been on the bottom all my life and I ain't done nothing but bite, bite, ain't done nothing but bite. Muskrat, oh muskrat, what makes you smell so bad? I've been on the bottom all my life and I'm mortified in my head, head mortified in my head. Groundhog, oh groundhog, what makes your back so brown? It's a wonder I don't smother fire living down in the ground, ground. Scratching the gravel all my life It's a wonder I ain't tired Tired It's a wonder I ain't tired Jaybird, oh jaybird What makes you fly so high? I've been stealing from your corn patch all my life It's a wonder I don't die Website joannrandmusic.com. Follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org to find much more of her music, including her 13 CDs that she's put out there. Actually, I, I shouldn't say that. The first one or two were cassettes, but that was Rattlesnake, a traditional song, or I guess not traditional. How far back, when was he codifying these? I think in the 50s, perhaps. I'd have to go look in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You mentioned, Joanne, that that also speaks to you of the Occupy movement, which I was rather blinded by the hope and the 
the inspiration of a new generation doing it their way. I was a little bit late, really, for the 60s. I turned 18 in 1972. But there's much about the 60s that I find inspirational, as well as the parts where about excess and self-indulgence and dissolute living. <laughs> but I was so moved by so much of the community sense. Uh, it felt to me like a, a large religious movement in the best sense of religious as opposed to the bad sense of it. People working together with a spiritual leading at their center. I felt that way too as I was growing up. I, had, I was 11 years old, wishing I had been born 10 years earlier because I felt like I missed the boat. But then in my early 20s, I came upon a movement that was similar. It was the environmental movement in the Pacific Northwest. And that was that same sense of community and like-minded, like a single cause. So I got my chance. <laughs> but the, I see that in the, in the Occupy movement. But what is there about that song that makes you think of Occupy movement? <laughs> is claws scratching so hard or jaybirds flying high? I mean, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. It's the underbelly speaking its mind. <laughs> and it's it's not tired. It's a wonder I ain't tired and it's wonder I ain't dead. And I'm not going <laughs> to go away. <laughs> I'm rearing my head. That's what it is. Tenacity again. Yes. Tenacity and dedication to something really important. You can't just sweep the people away that are clogging up the streets. <laughs> is your dad a big fan? He's going to his 90th birthday. Is he a big fan of your music? He's supposed to because he's your father. But, you know, these things don't always carry over generation to generation. It's funny. I did a concert in Atlanta last fall. I played a song of Steve Young's that he taught me. It was quite intricate on the guitar. It was a big curtain stage in a big theater. And my parents were there. And at the end, my father was... So impressed with that one song, and he said, "That's good music." <laughs> like, <laughs> made me wonder what he really thought about the stuff that I wrote, because <laughs> that was Steve Young's song. But I think he likes my music. My mother is a poet, and she does. She definitely. Every time I come out with an album, she makes me sit down with her, and we listen to it together, and we talk about the lyrics. My father is a musician. He played in a jazz band for many years. I would imagine that he appreciates it, even though it's not exactly his style. Are you doing some music as part of the birthday party? No, they're hiring the 17-piece jazz band that he used to play in, which still exists. It's called the Atlanta 17, and I get to relax. Atlanta 17, it sounds like, you know, the Chicago 7 or whatever. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> band, fantastic band. But, but Chicago 7... Oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sure, that's what he was part of. <laughs> oh, no way, not him. He's a peace-loving man. <laughs> well, give us another piece of music then, okay? This was taught to me by Steve Young at his kitchen table, and it was written by Sam Cooke in the 1950s. It was a um, civil rights movement song, but it speaks to the times today. It's about change, and it's about hope. And I know that the world seems that it's coming apart at the seams more and more. You know, the news is just amazing how much every day is happening all over <laughs> that seems to be signs of cultural demise in some ways. But 
it's important that we maintain a sense of hope that we believe that change is is here change is coming we are change that we don't give up and that's what this song's about it's called change is gonna come and it speaks to those southern roots too i was born by the river in a little tent Just like the river I've been running ever since It's been a long, a long time coming But I know a change gonna come Oh yes it will It's been too hard living But I'm afraid to die Cause I don't know what's out there Beyond the sky It's been a long, a long time coming But I know change gonna come Oh yes it will Then I go to my brother Brother, he keeps knocking me back, back to my knees. There were times that I thought I wouldn't last for long, but now I believe I'm going to carry on. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. Change is Gonna Come by Joanne Rand. She's here today sharing her second installment of Song of the Soul. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet. We're on the web at northernspiritradio.org. With just about eight years of music and activism to listen to on our radio programs, you can listen to them, you can download them, you can post comments, and we really, really do want you to log on and help us know what you like and what you reacted to, what you don't like. It helps guide us in the future, and we like this communication to be two-way. There's also a place to leave donations. Your donations are very important to us. You can also make donations to your local community radio station, and I strongly advocate that you do so. Keep the alternative voice going in this country, alternative voices like those of Joanne Rand, who, after all, lived for some years in a treehouse. I don't think many of us can say that. <laughs> I guess that's what you mean when change is going to come. Is uh, Change going to come could be when you move out of your treehouse too, Joanne, huh? Well, I think I've been, in fact, one thing I wanted to mention, I've always had a fierce restlessness, and I think I'm addicted to change because in those moments of change, you're aware that you're alive, <laughs> 
And some of my best moments, in fact, have been when everything I owned was in a moving vehicle and it was going down the road. <laughs> <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not away from me. Oops. I'm not attached to the stuff, though. Just the use of this body. <laughs> Longest I ever lived anywhere was six years, which was on that piece of land, until my daughter hit first grade. And since then, we've been living in the same house. She just finished eighth grade. It's the longest I've ever lived anywhere in my entire life, and it's hard for me. It's hard. I keep wanting to run away and completely change started. I mean, I don't want to leave my family, but I want to live in a new place or find a new community or just make a change. And I'm not sure why that is for me, but that's that's the way I've always lived, like a new experience after new experience. My brother has a line in a song that I really embrace, and it's, when I think of the future, it's a cloud and a crystal with a twist and a few turns and a yearning inside. I just capture the moment, then move on to the next one. I leave them behind me like a long string of light. So it's that sense of capturing the moment and living it and then moving on to another, which is different than staying in one place and building roots, maintaining your life and consistency. I've never been able to be a gardener. I'm not a good gardener because I just don't have the patience to, to water those plants every day. And I don't know. <laughs> when I lived on the land, my husband was a gardener and I was rehearsing and writing songs, climbing a tree, playing a song. <laughs> <laughs> who I am. I remember when I was a little kid hearing that story about the ant and the grasshopper. Did they tell you that story? Oh, Grand sure. Ant. Yeah, right. And I always identified with that grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm a pretty settled person, I've lived now in the city where I am now for 23 years, which I had never thought I would do. And one song I wrote many, many years ago, a few decades ago, include the lyrics, there's no place I'm not going to, there's no place I won't see, I'll scale the walls of Babylon, I'll stroll eternity. That wanderlust was strong in my heart. <laughs> yeah, wanderlust. In fact, that's what I almost called this album, wanderlust. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided not to name it that. But that's what it is. It's that wanderlust. The name of it, you said, is Stories from the Inside Out. Is this about exposing your inner truth, your inner experience? Well, what it is, is when I went back and listened to the songs on this album, I realized that they're all from the I point of view, I this, I that, I blah, blah, blah. And I realized even though some of them were stories about other people, I personalize them. It's like I crawl inside the skin of the song and tell it in the first person. So stories from the inside out. Next up on Song of the Soul from Joanne Rand is? It's called Nation of Earth. And my activist husband, Greg King, helped me with a verse on this. It was inspired by a song by Dick Goggin called The Worker's Song. It's just that ringing of the bells. You know that Bob Dylan song, Ring Them Bells? It's about, it's just, an, I'm here to ring the bells, you know, Paul Revere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about a, a sense of allegiance that goes beyond borders of nations. I was struck the other day as I sat in the plaza in Arcata. There were three flags on the flagpole. 
there was the United States flag, and then there was the California flag, and then on the bottom was the Earth flag. And I was like, what? And that Earth flag should be on top. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that both of us are of the same mind, and I imagine a lot of our listeners are, so they're going to really appreciate Nation of Earth. Fire Inside of Joanne Rand, Nation of Earth is the song, and it's from her latest CD, Stories from the Inside Out, Nashville Sessions. About peace, of course. About, But, you know, both you and I, I think, probably hang around with a lot of people. Like you mentioned, your husband, the activist. I've been an activist for the last 30, 40 years. Do you get much exposure to the other side of the tracks? Yes, I do. In fact, I mean, I try and walk in many worlds, but not in Arcata. You don't get that much exposure to the other side of the tracks. 
back in Georgia and in Florida, where I frequently go to visit my parents, both those places, you get the other side of the tracks. And do you find yourself fitting in well there, communicating well? When I think you're motivated deeply and possibly want to be an agent of change, how do you carry that message there? It's interesting because when I sang a song that I wrote about the Occupy movement in Atlanta last fall, I asked them if they had had an Occupy movement, and they all the audience laughed. <laughs> and so, you know, some of the songs don't go over back there, and I have to learn which songs I can play. I want to woo them and then influence them. So... You know, I have a lot of different songs, hundreds of songs, and lots of them aren't message songs. They're songs everyone can relate to, songs about love, songs about life. So I'll sing those, and then I'll slip in something later on, you know. I never make song lists. I adapt to what it feels that the audience needs. I come up with it spontaneously, what to do. But you are intending to be seditious. Well, I had a dream once. This best describes what I'm attempting to do. I had a dream about 10 years ago that the government had shrunk down the world to the size of the inside of a computer, one of those old-fashioned computers. That's what it looked like. The, the world looked like the inside of a computer. It was tiny, and they were shrinking the humans so that we could live in that tiny cityscape my job was to go around and save people from being shrunk down to live in that little computer world. And I realized that the only way I could do it was to sneak up behind them and breathe warm air into the backs of their hearts and thaw them out. <laughs> this is my dream. <laughs> so that's wow. what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not going to confront you so that we butt heads. I'm going to try and influence you by helping you to open your heart. Not you, personally. You're sure you're fine. And everyone is <laughs> fine. We're all fine. We're all, as I taught my daughter, we're all many shades of gray. There's good and there's bad in all of us. And I know that in some people who've had a hard time, they might shut down. And so I just am trying to help people open up so that people operate from a place of love rather than a place of fear. It's a beautiful inner and outer life that you're living, Joanne. And, of course, the end of our hour together is coming right now. So how are you going to top all of those other things, these connections with whales and maples and torches of freedom and Nation <laughs> of the Earth and rattlesnakes? How are you going to top that? Well, I thought I would end with this song called Weird Kid, <laughs> which is just sort of the story of my life in three chapters. You know, I began life carrying on these rituals that just came from inside of me. I had a tree that I would hike to when I was 10 years old. We always lived in the woods, and I'd hike to this tree. It was the only old-growth tree I'd ever seen, and I had this little ritual. As soon as I got within sight of the tree, I had to take my shoes off, and I had a flute, and I would wasn't allowed to speak. I would only play flute music as I knelt at this tree. <laughs> so <laughs> at the age of 10, I was a tree worshiper. And then I'd play these games in the forest where I'd hide from helicopters and pretend I was a refugee. The next chapter is when I'm 19 and I'm trying to decide what I am, whether I'm a computer programmer or a, an artist, <laughs> <laughs> deciding what to major in in college and 
So I chose the art path and took a Greyhound bus and never looked back, moved out west. The third chapter is who I am now with lots of, I feel like I've lived a full life, but life still goes on and just trying to figure out what to do with it all and where to go, how to remain current. Moving forward, gratefully, putting one foot in front of the other. Ever searching, it's that restlessness that keeps me moving, looking for the next adventure. It's been an adventure spending the time with you, Joanne. I can't think of a better way to end it than with Weird Kid. It's something I <laughs> identify with myself. It's a, it's a proud label, I think. <laughs> Not to say that it was easy necessarily all along the way to be the odd person out, but there's pride in the integrity of truly being yourself. And obviously, Joanne, you are yourself. It's a self that I admire. So thanks so much for sharing that self, and thanks for being here for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a real thought-provoking assignment to try and describe who I am and what I've lived in these two hours. I very much appreciate the opportunity. And my joy, and here's one more joy for you listeners out there. We end Joanne Rand's second hour of Song of the Soul with her song, Weird Kid. See you next week for Song of the Soul. The problem was apparent When I was just a kid Other kids thought I was weird Because of things I did Like hike alone into the woods and sink to an old growth tree. Or hide from helicopters in a game called Refugee. I was a weird kid. Couldn't understand. Trying to build a bridge to that old friend of mine And I'm searching Searching So I started tramping around the highways of this land Singing for my supper Hoping you could understand I moved into the outback On a river wild and free And I spent the best years of my life Living in a tree In my twenties Till I was thirty years old I thought I'd Where I fit in, but then I hit the road again. Round and round this world we go. Many lives we live. Who knows what the future holds?
like some old apple tree. Lots of rice and ripe banana fruits on me. And I see that pigtail kid with the big stick standing on the mountain top. She know everything she need to know and more before she drops. Sing my songs. It's why I sing my songs, and I'm searching, yeah, searching, The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy That in the light it will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song